The Start On Demand. On demand. On the COVID-19 front, what's the construction industry bracing for? We'll speak to the head of the Home Builders Association to see what concerns they have. The City of Winnipeg has pulled a U-turn on the U-Pass. We'll speak to Councillor Matt Allard about that shift. With no live sports, we'll have a discussion about which classic sports events we would revisit. And we really want to know, what is your quarantine nickname? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and this is the Friday, March 20th podcast for The Start. You know, guys, before we get into anything else here, I, I, I've made an observation, and I'm not entirely sure which result is true. Either A, I didn't wash my hands enough before all of this, or B, I'm washing my hands too often because my hands are so dry and my knuckles on my right hand are like red Hmm. and almost like scratched. It it looks like I've been punching a wall, which isn't out of the realm of imagination for Brett Smash. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) like what? And and I was talking to our friend, Dr. Raymond Abdurrahman the other day about it. Uh, He's a psychologist. So naturally his first instinct was to say, oh no, are you, are you worried? Are you okay? (laughs) And I said, no, Mm -hmm. I just have dry hands i'm not like scrubbing my hands with steel wool or anything but are you guys experiencing this at all it it's funny that you say that because i think the answer is both like we weren't we weren't washing enough uh but now we need more hand cream in our lives that's the secret i think there's gonna be like a real rise in hand cream purchases following the sanitizer purchases because you need both now yeah i I have been using some moisturizer but go ahead greg now, Loren has always been a fan of the moisturizer, so that's been a genuine <laughs> thing for you for a long time, McNabb. But uh, I heard someone say when I took uh, Brendan to the hospital the other day that if your hands don't look like ours, and that was a nurse talking to me, you're not washing your hands enough. And I think she was exaggerating, but only just a tiny bit. If you can imagine mm-hmm. how many times a nurse washes uh, their hands in the course of a day. It, it's got to be multiple dozens of times. So, um, yeah, I I think you're right, Loren. It's a little bit of both. And Brett, don't worry. It's it's uh, something most of us are going. It's a badge of right honor. Now. Okay. It's like it you're doing the right thing. I think wear it like you're wear it proudly. Walk around with those hands in the air and like I'm so clean. <laughs> it'll just hold my fist up like a, it, it, it'll look like brass knuckles. But no, it's just uh, scratchy <laughs> knuckles from washing. I'm my wondering hands. if. I'm wondering if we should start an Instagram thread or, or similar of people that can, you know, that badge of honor. Maybe people can send in mm-hmm. pictures of their hands and what they look like. And <laughs> the worse they look, the no, the better a job we know you're doing of washing your hands. Okay. And you can hey, text us pictures at 204-780-6868. Go ahead, Loren. I was just going to say, when you go on dates, you can also lean in and see if they smell like Lysol disinfectant, and then you've got a real prize on your hands. Oh, that's the scent I'm going for right now. A little Lysol, little hand sanitizer. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Nothing gets me going like some sanitizer. 
All right. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens this weekend. But in the meantime, I don't know how it's felt for you guys, but the last two weeks, especially the last week, have just blown by. Like, it's been such a whirlwind, a blur, and yet... Some things feel like they are just so far in the past. Like, for example, when I heard the budget was finally released yesterday, it felt like that was supposed to have happened ages ago. Yeah, well, I think that's fair, Brett, because that was supposed to happen March 11th. But on the same day that budget was supposed to be tabled, the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a pandemic. Then the NBA suspended the season. Other teams followed. Travel restrictions went in. And then Manitoba got its first case of COVID-19. And that's all happened in the last nine days. So you can be forgiven, Brett, and pretty much the rest of us, if you forgot that budget was supposed to be released nine days ago and then it was delayed by the NDP. You might also have forgotten that many media, like myself, had seen what was in the budget, but we couldn't share it with you until it was tabled. So yesterday, the Conservatives finally got that chance to share what was in the budget. And for the most part, it's the same document we saw last week, except for the fact, and this makes a lot of sense, that they've even beefed up their rainy day fund more. So it will now have $800 million in it for emergencies. We have identified in this budget more than $500 million of planned expenditures that we can defer if need be, that we can redeploy if need be. And this is the flexibility we need in these uncertain times. This is part of our response to COVID-19. So they're saving more, but of course, guys. Go ahead, Loren. In these uncertain times, that there will be uh, questions about whether they're spending enough in places like health, and we've got more on our website. And Greg, I think I, I think it's safe to say people will be relieved to see that there's money in that rainy day fund, but also wondering, are we spending enough on hospitals and health? Yeah, well, I, I guess the time will tell. That's the, the true nature of budgets like this when uh, spending is limited at a 2% increase and in times of uncertainty. But uh, I like Lauren Remillard's suggestion that maybe we push pause on the uh, decrease in the PST. And uh, that number might not be $330 million if the economy slows down, as everyone is predict- predicting and anticipating. But it may be, uh, you know, in the neighborhood of 275 or $300 million uh, that the, the, the government can use to prop up business, small business in our province. So that might be something uh, to consider and be debated over the next several days. But uh, I was talking to somebody in BC yesterday, and I have to say I've been quite impressed overall, not only with uh, now the budget getting rolled out, but how the government overall is uh, handling things in our province with COVID-19. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Mackling and McNabb are at home. McNabb, are you back? I think so. I don't know. I We've, think it's uh, it's like everybody's greatest joy. I just stopped talking mid-sentence. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we lost McNabb in our last segment, and thankfully uh, we are, she was able to get a hold of one of our engineers. Our engineers, just want to give them a shout-out. They they've had so much work in the last few weeks uh, getting ready for the move to 201 Portage, and they've been back and forth between the buildings, and now they've had to get everybody set up so we can all so many of us can work from home. So thank you to John, Mike, and Sarah. Uh, we would be dead in the water oh. if not for those three. And John oh. just now answered like, hey, how's it going? You know, 6.30 a.m., no problem, I'll take your call. And then, of course, those poor guys have to put up with my brain. They're like, what do you see on the screen? And I'm like, um, numbers and... Uh, <laughs> Other words I don't know. So, 
if you can just help me through that. <laughs> like, Not like, only do I did... they have to be technically proficient, they have to be somewhat able to decipher the words that we use. Like yeah. they're used to their jargon and they have to be almost like translators to understand, <laughs> oh, you mean this. Uh, yeah. Maybe I mean that. Uh, yeah. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. I unplugged the thingy and then I put the thingy back in, John. And the thingy is reading with words that I don't understand. So walk go. me through this. <laughs> All right. Well, again, with everybody trying to keep our distance during this pandemic, Mackling, McNabb working from home. So we might have some more trip ups through the morning, but we'll just have some fun, hopefully, as we get through it. Uh, now, we want to talk about something, one of the most disturbing experiences Manitobans have endured over the first week of this COVID-19 crisis were empty store shelves, freezers, and coolers, Loren. Yeah, and in my own town, south of Winnipeg, actually, an alert went out through the town just to say, hey, the grocery store here is getting more supplies, but it might not be for a few more days. So consider that, right? This is what all grocery stores are dealing with as we all try to stock up on items. Grocery stores were left without stock, and we're not just talking toilet paper. In some cases, we've seen milk and eggs and frozen and fresh vegetables completely sold out in many locations, which has prompted some conversation and thought, really, Greg, about where our food comes from. Well, and I don't want to be judgy by saying this, but if it hasn't, maybe it should. Yesterday, we received this email. Hi, this is the time to support your farmer, the ones that supply food for you so you can all use toilet paper that one is stocking up on. As a farmer myself, I've been selling pork, raised on my small farm since 2002, and I give free delivery to your door. It is a government-inspected process by an inspected book butcher i'm just a small farmer that is raising food so we can eat healthy and people get to know who is feeding them that email came from ian smith and ian joins us now good morning ian good morning how are you we're doing all right how are you doing and and what prompted you to send us that email yesterday well i got an email uh, the that night uh, from a fella that's ordered pork from me and uh, he said this uh, Hope this finds you well at this absolutely bizarre time. No more than ever, I believe that people will realize how important you, the producer of our food, are. Thank you for being a farmer. And I thought that was pretty nice. Uh, that... And then he, then he ordered uh, uh, some pork from me. Well, that's a great note, and I'm glad to hear that it meant something to you, Ian, because I'm sure it's, we all need to hear sort of those reassuring words at times like this. Walk us through what a day means, a typical day means for you as a, a small farmer. Oh, well, I got cows calving right now, so I'm up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and uh, um, in right now, having just done my breakfast and whatnot, and I've fed the animals and everything, and uh, now going out to finish chores, I should be done around 9 o'clock, and then... Later this morning, I got to go into Winnipeg and deliver some uh, farm fresh eggs to people. Well, um, and you, you say that you're up at 4 a.m. You're doing all that hard work on the farm. How do you find the time and the energy to then go out and deliver stuff for free, no less? <laughs> yeah, that's the farmer's life in you, eh? And uh, it's just in your blood. And a farmer is a unique person. And, uh, you know, it's hard work. And, uh, you're dedicated to the land, you're dedicated to the animals, and you're dedicated in keeping people fed. 
Well, we appreciate your dedication more than we can express in a five-minute conversation here, Ian. Tell us a little bit about your family history, and do you want to tell us where in Manitoba you are? I, I didn't want to say it without your permission. Uh, just, you know, you, you might want to be uh, keeping your location relatively obscure unless you want to share with us uh, some family history and some geography. Uh, I live at Argyle, just three miles north of Argyle, near Stonewall area, just north of Stonewall. Um, Mom and Dad bought the farm in 1953 here and uh, raised three boys on a farm here. And uh, Mom and Dad never uh, worked off the farm. They raised us three boys off this quarter section farm, and it's always been a mixed farm. Uh, Grain, cattle, pigs, and chickens and whatnot. And uh, so it was hard work and uh, raised us three boys. And then I bought the farm in 1993 and... uh, have never I have no no off farm income. I have no income of any source coming in here, and I just have the quarter section here. I am the last of the small livestock farmer, mixed farmer. There is I can guarantee you there is no farmer in this province that's a quarter section farmer, and have no off farm income, and has a mixed farm like I have with. All the different animals. I grow canola, peas, and barley on my fields here. So I'm very diverse. Well, Ian, as a farmer's daughter, let me say, I bet you are the one of the last people uh, in Manitoba who are doing this all without any outside income because the industry has certainly changed over the years. Uh, do you see this as an opportunity to get your message out again? Because if people are looking for food, and I know in the past few years we've seen a growth of people looking for knowing the food came locally, sourced locally. So tell us a bit about what you bring to people's doors and what you offer. Can we go online to find your what you're selling? Yeah, I have a website, naturalpork.ca, and uh, I started this uh, in 1969. Mom and Dad uh, went more into pigs. Uh, It was a dairy farm, just a mixed farm, of course, but dairy was the main deal when Dad bought the place, hand-milking cows back in those days. And then Dad built a hog barn, and we started in hogs, and uh, in 1969 became the main income off the farm, and Nothing has changed. The pigs are raised the same as they were raised in 1969. Uh, straw base uh, um, panning and all that, and cleaned out twice a day, bedded down with fresh straw twice a day, pan scraped down twice a day, lots of hard work. And uh, the cattle are uh, in the barn, tied up in the barn there, and uh, uh, let out during the day for water and feed and that. And... Uh, I just feel it's nice to have the cattle in the barn because uh, I wouldn't be like to be out in this cold either. But in uh, when the BSE hit, there was a guy came on CGOB there, and uh, he said that he was going to start selling his uh, beef online. And I thought, well, if a guy can sell his beef online, why can't a hog producer? So I... Uh, Got a website made up and uh, went to the Humane Society and talked to Vicki Burns and got certified by them. And they came, inspected my farm and uh, passed all their uh, uh, deals. And uh, from 19, from 202 or 203, I've been selling pork online, but we've been raising pigs here the same way since 69. I've got, uh, I keep a binder with all my customers. I'm over 900 customers in that binder. Where do, where do we go online? What is the website? 
naturalpark.ca. Where's the farm, by the way? Argyle. If you remember where Pioneer Quest was back many years ago with the movie, well, just near there, <laughs> not far from there. Where right. that movie was, yeah. Well, Ian Smith, thank you so much for what you do, for the passion, the clear passion that you put into your work so that we can eat. We appreciate it very much, and we appreciate you joining us so early, although you've been up almost as, as, as uh, long as we have already, so uh, we salute your early rise. And now I've started to get into a niche product of uh, selling breeding stock cattle, breeding stock, shorthorn cattle, so... That's my next project on the line. Ian Smith, a passionate farmer, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Again, the website, naturalpork.ca. Ian, thank you for this. Thank you. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, Moore, Braun, Fortier. I'm going to start with you, Kelly. You're the sports guy, sports director, no live sports. Has this been hard on you? Uh, surprisingly not, uh, because I, I do love sports, but I also have other things that keep me occupied and, and other interests as well. So uh, it, it has not been fun by any stretch of the imagination, but I always keep it in context and look at the bigger picture at what is far more important than my sports enjoyment. So if you could revisit a classic sports yeah. event... Which one would it be? Well, I remember, and the reason I remember this is because uh, uh, there was a birthday party for my oldest daughter, and my youngest daughter uh, wound up staying home with me and watching this unfold as far as sports history is concerned. Kimball, Nixon butts. Kimball on it, throws to first. For the first time in history, the World Championship banner will fly north of the border. The Toronto Blue Jays are baseball's best in 1992. Here's a pitch on the way, a swing and a belt. Left field, way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions as Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning, and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. So as the immortal, uh, immortal Ernie Banks would say, let's play two. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, that, that takes me back. Oh, God. I still, when Joe hit that ball, I, I knew yeah. it was going out. Uh, Loren, where would you go? I'd go to Boston Pista. 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 <laughs> yeah, Boston Pizza. 2002, I think. Would it be, Kelly? 2002. And, yeah, and I'd uh, rewatch this. Canada trying to hang on and get a break. It's going to be a break. That's the 2002 Olympic gold, and Bob Cole saying, surely that has got to be enough, sticks in my mind all the time. I repeat that phrase over and over again. Uh, Mackling, which one would you go with? Well, mine involves a birthday party as well, uh, ironically, Kelly, um, or coincidentally, I suppose. Uh, 1980, May 24th, Islanders, Flyers, fire at forts. 4-4 four, four ties, seven minutes gone in overtime. Inning. Pass right on the stick of Tonelli. Coming in with nice one. 
Tonelli to Nystrom. He scores! Bob Nystrom scores the goal. The Islanders win the Stanley Cup. Now, not because I was a huge Islanders fan or anything, but it was 1980, no VCRs, and I was having my 11th birthday party at Saints Roller Rink in Brandon. Nice. (laughs) And so I had to go to my own birthday party, and I've never seen that entire game. That was game six, Bob Nystrom clinching the Stanley Cup for the New York Islanders. An incredible game, a 5-4 win for the Islanders over the Flyers in what was an incredible series. Jeff Braun, what about you? Oh, did Loren, was hers gold medal hockey in 2002? Is that what that was? Yes. Uh, mine was also in 2002 in Salt Lake City, the uh, Sale Peltier routine. And I never watched figure skating. And I watched that and I screamed at the top of my lungs. I was just like, A plus, that's amazing. And then, of course, <laughs> uh, everything hit the fan after that. And I've never been so just embroiled in a sports scandal in my life. I was just furious. And then that, like three days later, I was like, why am I so into this? But we all got caught up in it. And, and I don't know. There's just, there was still the most magnificent thing I've ever seen on ice. All right. And we've got about 60 seconds here. This is mine. The look away to Lovingston. Jordan. Instead of taking the easy one, he tries to make it hard and still comes up. He's saying to the fans, I love it. Marv Albert and the czar of the Telestrator, Mm -hmm. Mike Fratello, on the call when Michael Jordan went to the hoop with that spectacular move in 1991 in the finals against the Los Angeles Lakers. Not specifically because of that game. And I actually didn't even like Michael Jordan or the Chicago Bulls, but I was a huge basketball fan in that time. I loved Marv Albert and, and Mike Fratello, and I respected Jordan. So I would like to go back and just watch those players playoffs again uh, because that's what I used to get jacked up when I used to pay attention to the sportsings that's what I was into we hear from listeners every single day every hour sometimes every minute with questions about COVID-19 a lot have to do with how it will spread just as many have to do with how the coronavirus will be dealt with at their work Loren Yeah, and that goes for questions within the construction industry as well. We've got several texts over the last few days, including one yesterday morning from a man who works within the industry, and he voiced his concerns with layoffs. He had heard pink slips were coming, and he said that there's big questions about the possibility work might stop in the midst of all this. And so we wanted to get him and others some answers. Lanny McInnes is the president and CEO of the Manitoba Home Builders Association and joins us now. Good morning, Lanny. Good morning. Let's just start off with first how this is being dealt with within the construction industry in terms of how you're working to keep social distancing up when someone might be on a home build, for example. Well, Lauren, just like really any other sector, we're uh, following the recommendations of Manitoba's public health officials and taking the preventative measures that they're uh, recommending. So there's, there's, in residential construction, there's really two aspects. One is on new home construction, which are in unoccupied homes. And then the second is on renovations, which are uh, generally occupied. So um, they, they are two kind of distinct and, and different uh, situations, um, but situations that our members are taking as many preventative measures as they possibly can at this time. 
Lanny, can you just can you define those distinct differences for us and how uh, contractors are dealing with? Let's start with uh, new home builds. Well, on the new home build side, um, because of it not being occupied and it being generally um, less of a chance of, of multiple people being in a very close and confined space, um, those social uh, distancing measures and preventative measures uh, can be taken, and it's generally um, not been impacted as of yet. Um, we've seen um, many of uh, our members have indicated they're taking preventative measures like um, restricting the number of trades that can be on site at, at a single time, um, making sure that they're taking preventative measures in terms of um, sanitizing equipment, sanitizing um, uh, machinery, that type of thing uh, that's in close contact with uh, with others. Um, but really, uh, at this point, uh, that that new home construction hasn't been impacted in terms of uh, any of those preventative measures from restricting uh, work continuing. Um, on the renovation side, our, our members have taken um, a little more preventative measures in terms of making sure that uh, there are very limited people in the home, uh, that if they have to enter an occupied home, that they're asking the, the occupants if they've traveled recently, um, if they've got any flu-like symptoms before they're entering the, the premises, taking those precautions for their staff, uh, limiting the amount of trades, again, on-site. On, on um, and, and all of our members are taking those general precautions that, uh, that all employers should be taking, which is if you have staff who are feeling uh, unwell and have flu-like symptoms, uh, that they're home and that they're not in the workplace and, uh, and as many social distancing uh, techniques that can be put in place as practical in your workplace are being put in. Yeah, health officials in BC, for example, have said construction sites are so far not areas of high concern for transmission during the outbreak, but they also say a large number of construction workers say they're worried about the level of sanitation at job sites. I mean, let's face it, construction is not easy work. It's sweaty work. It is, and uh, we want to make sure that uh, the safety of, of our staff is, is first and foremost in the minds of, of all of our members. And so we've been uh, sharing on a very regular basis, really as, as soon as information comes out from public health officials, we've been sharing that with our members uh, and re- recommending that they follow all of the public health officials' recommendations when it comes to uh, safety on the work site and uh, taking preventative measures. Lanny, I was speaking with the Heavy Construction Association the other day, and, and they said bids are still going out, tenders, tenders are still going out, projects still have to be planned in the, in the big sense as we go forward with the hope that you, know, you, you do the work now and it will come later. Are you seeing or hearing of any concerns of projects stopping or home builds stopping uh, in the short term just because of the concern that might be out there? In, not in the short term, but this is such a fluid uh, situation that really uh, you don't know what's going to happen or be announced three, four, five hours from now. Um, so the uncertainty is really the key concern that, that our members have at this point, uncertainty in terms of, um, like you said, any further restrictions, um, uncertainty in terms of the availability of trades, um, and we're really keeping a close eye in terms of uh, supply chain issues uh, at this point, whether that's um, further restrictions in terms of ports of entry or anything like that, that could impact um, the supply chain and lead to uh, delays in terms of products getting uh, into Manitoba and then eventually onto the work site. So um, 
really those are our main concerns as of as of right now but like i said learn that anything could change uh at a, at a moment's notice and so we have to be nimble and we have to uh, prepare for those changes Lanny McInnes, president and CEO of the Manitoba Home Builders Association, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Lanny, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated, sir. Thank you very much. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Mackling and McNabb are broadcasting from home. Question of the day brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. And the question of the day at cjob.com, which pastime distraction are you missing most during the COVID-19 pandemic? And your four options are sports, shopping, arts, slash entertainment, slash dining, going out, in other words, or visiting with family and friends. And so far, uh, we've posted this on Twitter like 10 minutes ago, and we've already got close to uh, 300 votes. 36% say sports, 6% shopping, 12% going out, the equivalent of going out, and 47% say visiting family and friends. But we did get a couple of uh, uh, more serious comments on it. So uh, that's, it was actually, the, the original question was simply, what are you missing most? Uh, but uh, Ian, for example, says missing a job. Uh, Amy says missing some stability. Uh, Richard saying, I'm missing going to work, uh, job security. All your options are useless if one doesn't have any money for basic necessities. So uh, we thank you for your feedback. Sometimes we put these questions out there and uh, see what happens. And we're getting some uh, a, re- a reminder that it's not just about what distractions we're missing during mm. this pandemic. It's a good point, Brett. And, you know, I went to pick up, uh, like many parents yesterday, we got asked to come to the school to pick up report cards and packages for the kids that teachers have helped and worked hard to prep for the next few weeks. And I'm walking down the silent hallway and I'm getting a little teary even just talking about it now, just thinking about how crazy the last week has been and all the changes. And so there are all sorts of fun things that we might be missing. And then there's the serious stuff too. And uh, as always, we're just trying to provide some levity because there are those moments when you go to do something and then you remember, huh, I can't, I can't do that right now. That's not, that's not allowed or I shouldn't be going out to that store. Or I shouldn't be doing this or that. And whoa, just a lot of changes in the last seven days to come, to come to grips with. All right. So Greg, we had a teacher on yesterday, math teacher, guy who created a game called Mathopoly. And he sent you a note that you wanted to share. I do want to share it, and uh, Will Penner is his name. We've had him on multiple times before. He's a math teacher, and of course, with uh, the next three weeks at the very minimum being home time for kids, parents are struggling with the whole idea of balancing out recreation time, downtime, school time, homework time, and uh, Will uh, has invented the game Mathopoly, as you mentioned, Brett, and it sort of combines maybe two or, or three of those things all at once. And he came on the air to say, hey, I've got these games. Uh, I've produced them. If you want one, I'll bring one to your house. No charge. And, well, he sent this to me just in the last hour or so. Hey, Greg, just wanted to pass something along to you. This city is full of awesome people. I offered free games and, and books. More than half the people who contacted me wanted to pay. And even though I said no, they said yes. That money will now go towards sending out games to others so they don't have to pay for the shipping. 
Pay it forward, my friends. Winnipeg is great. CJOB has great people listening. Wow. That's really nice. Thanks, Will, for sharing that. We appreciate that. And indeed, thank you to our listeners. Uh, you know, we've been sending shout-outs to construction workers and to grocery store workers and healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, uh, so many people out there working so hard during this pandemic. Uh, but as well, uh, we can't do what we do without you. So thank you for making us a part of your daily lives. Uh, we very much appreciate it, and we're trying to get all the information to you, all the answers that you need. But we do also want to have some fun with you. I mean, it is Friday after all, and this has been a hell of a week, and we could all use a distraction from time to time. Even we needed a, dis a distraction from the news. And Loren, you found something rather amusing on Twitter. Well, I... You know, a week ago, I would have said Twitter and social media often makes me more angry than not. But lately, with people trying to come together over social media because you can't come together in person, I'm finding more laughs than not. And this came from a guy named Alan Gale. And he says, let's try a game. Your quarantine nickname is how you feel right now, plus the last thing you ate out of the cupboard. So for him, that would make his name Angry Chili Mango. And I... I uh, shared this with you guys and came up with the results for me that I would be tired dill pickle. A tired dill pickle. I, my last thing I ate was last night was I love dill pickles. Was a salty dill pickle, but then this morning I'm tired. So, my self uh distancing nickname, tired dill pickle. <laughs> Greg? I would uh, end up being optimistic red rose. <laughs> you ate a bag of tea? No, but I've been drinking uh, my tea all morning, and I actually moved my kettle downstairs here, so I don't even have to go upstairs to boil water. I've got a, I've got a variety of uh, of tea here to choose from, but uh, red rose is always my go-to. So I'm optimistic, red rose. And if I was going the food route, I guess I would have been optimistic Doritos because I did break down and have a few chips last night. But please don't tell anyone. What kind of Doritos? They were the, I don't even know, the hot and spicy, like the, the fiery, is it fire? I don't even know the name of them. They're, the, the bag's in the garbage already. <laughs> okay, you didn't just have a few. You crushed the whole bag. <laughs> yeah, I crushed it. Did you, did you tip the bag upside down and pour the crumbs into your face? I don't go that far, McGarry. I've got a beard now, and uh, I, I'm contemplating shaving it because uh, I'm hearing that uh, that's a good idea to do in this uh, crisis. But what's your name? Mine would be Overwhelmed Double Quarter Pounder with Cheese. <laughs> 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 I was here for 12 hours yesterday. So in other words, I put in a Kelly Moore day. Uh, he does it every day, but I was, here for, I was here for quite a while. We had some technical issues getting the couch potatoes fired up. We couldn't get that going until 1 o'clock. We usually start recording at 12, and uh, I didn't get out of here until just after 3, close to 3.30, and I said, ah, oh, to hell with this. I'm going to McDonald's. And I got myself a double quarter pounder meal and a double cheeseburger. I didn't actually end up eating the double cheeseburger, so that is still waiting for me in my fridge. Although I know that it's not going to... Reheating McDonald's is not, not good, but I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, there's so many fun texts coming in right now, guys. Brett and Selkirk says his would be head spinning Peter butter. Jamie says his would be <laughs> lonely lime Tostitos, which actually sounds like a good name, lonely lime. And... Uh, Someone said theirs would be calm granola. 
Wow. We can sell these products. We can sell them. <laughs> Gary, did you read Gary's? I'm sorry. Uh, Gary says mine would be sleepy beefaroni. <laughs> I have not had beefaroni in years, but I used to love that stuff. Maybe I need to go get myself a couple of cans of Chef Boyardee. Oh, boy. Well, they and have Mike, the giant then... cans of it. So, so good. Sorry, Loren. No, don't apologize. I'm busy just reading these texts. And Mike in Manitoba says, you may not read this one on air. And he's right, I'm not. But it has to do with uh, his uh, proclivities right now towards the bedroom. Ah. I don't know. Can I? Can oh, I, my. I, I'm, I'm going to leave this. But uh, he's he's made his exciting. He's excited in the downstairs region. <laughs> I'm going to read it. Horny peanuts. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Eve pointed out earlier, he said, just imagine the baby boom that's going to happen in December. Oh, I remember um, we used to joke around. uh, uh, My son was born in November, the first one, and it was... um, a lot of his friends were came in that month, and then we all timed it back to the 2010 Olympics. And we're like, oh, did we watch a lot of Olympics? And that excited us. Like, oh. there are booms after certain events, right? Hurricanes and power outages. And, yep, you can uh, you can bet Mike in Manitoba and Horny Peanuts will be uh, contributing to that. So the Olympic Games contributed to some bedroom Olympics, which created a whole bunch of babies. That's look right. That. <laughs> Those are the genuine golden goals right there, right past the goalie, baby. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Last half hour, we were talking about how Lorenz spotted something on Twitter. What is your quarantine nickname? And you take how you're feeling right now and combine that with the last thing you ate out of the cupboard. Now, we didn't entirely follow the cupboard part of the rule. Greg did. He had two nicknames. He had uh, Optimistic Red Rose and Optimistic Doritos. McNabb was Angry Dill Pickle, and I was Overwhelmed Double Quarter Pounder with Cheese. Well, we got one listener who who came up with a different kind of a nickname. Greg, it was... uh, This is going around on Facebook, too. One of our listeners actually texted the same thing. The kids born this year will be known as the Corneals, because, I guess, coronavirus, and 14 years... From now, we can call them the quarantines. I love that. Yeah. That is fantastic. We've got to keep our sense of humor in this time. And and, uh, forgive us if when we have a segment where we're having a little bit of fun and it isn't uh, matching your mood, uh, we understand that completely. But I've already had multiple text messages from from just friends that were listening to that segment and said, guys, we needed that. Thank you very much. (laughs) Great. So thanks for all. And we got a ton of uh, text messages with your own nickname, so we'll endeavor to share some of those if we have time. But right now, the city of Winnipeg has taken a U-turn on a proposed and controversial cut to the U-Pass transit program, Loren. So City Hall had originally said it had to cut the U-Pass because of financial constraints, and that, understandably, had many students upset. But they didn't just voice their displeasure. They did the math with the University of Manitoba Students President, Union President Jacob Sanderson saying they crunched the numbers and showed the city it was worth keeping. It does make a difference. Our advocacy worked. We made a huge, huge change to this budget because we crunched the numbers, because students showed their passion, they shared their stories, and we made a real difference, a real positive difference in the city of Winnipeg. 
the UPASS won't return exactly as it's run over the past few years. The rate is going up, and if approved by students, it will turn out to be a win for them. It does remain, if it does remain, pardon me, it's one of many changes that will be voted on at City Hall today when the entire budget is put to council. St. Boniface Councillor Matt Allard will be part of that vote, and he joins us now. Good morning, Matt. Morning. Now, Matt, we know Hello. you're a huge fan of transit. We know you're a huge yeah. fan of transit. And on Twitter yesterday, you wrote, I and the City of Winnipeg owe Jacob and post-secondary students an apology for this mistake what specifically are you talking about what mistake did you guys make well basically uh i mean jacob's right he did uh he did find a math error in uh, in the model that transit used to look at the financial impact of the elimination of the u-pass so it's about it's about a four million dollar mistake and uh, the reason that it happened is that um uh there was an old number used in terms of the number of students as, in part, as part of that calculation and so that's what that's what made the calculations off. And after we heard the, the students basically unanimously say, uh, we, we, we need the U-Pass, please restore the U-Pass. And then we also heard from many of the delegates that they'd be willing to pay more. Um, so there was, there's basically a sweet spot um, where, and the sweet spot is, is what, what we found. Uh, at, so at $200, um, the, uh, the model that Transit provided uh, basically makes it uh, budget neutral. So if student associations vote to um, reinitiate the U-Pass, the new rate, basically our budget is still whole uh, with, with that $4 million still remaining that uh, Transit is going to have to find through uh, internal efficiencies. So why did it take a group of university students to point out the mistake? Well, I mean, I just want to commend Jacob. He did fantastic work and uh, mistakes happen. And, uh, you know, I've apologized on behalf of, uh, on behalf of the city for that mistake. And uh, and certainly, certainly these things happen, and we found it, and we found it. I think in part because, um, you know, like uh, this, this just this week, uh, Jacob and I met with Transit, and uh, we kept talking the whole way through, and uh, and and then when I saw the mistake, uh, Transit val- validated it, and was able to bring that to my colleagues and and the public service, and we found a solution to keep the U pass. We know that we said it already, Matt, but we know you're a fan of transit. We know you ride it regularly. You, we know you pushed for passes for, for people under 12 so they could have free access to the bus. So I don't want to have anyone to dispute um, your love of the bus. But when, when something like this happens and we have to go back and take another look at the math, it m- might make Winnipeggers question whether we should have faith in the math done on a whole host of other files. Should we be concerned that we need to be going back and reviewing things more diligently in other aspects? Yeah, well, I mean, certainly I can understand that, uh, that impression. I mean, I've been, I've been on council five years now, and this is the first time I've seen something like this happen in, uh, in my role as, uh, as chair. Uh, so certainly, uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll be vigilant. Uh, I think, uh, but I think that's, that's a fair, fair comment. I think in terms of, uh, fiscal administration, this council since 2014 has done a really good job of cleaning up a number of our processes, like going down to class three estimates for, for big construction jobs, uh, you know, there's always work to do, and mistakes do happen. But um, this is this is the first time I can recall that something like this uh, has occurred. We've seen some uh, massive under budgeting with the Waverly underpass. We saw it with the Southwest Rapid Transit corridor that was uh, massively under budget, and we've also seen Matt over the last decade massive 
surpluses at transit almost every single year in spite of the belly aching and the concerns and the fingers being pointed at transit that it's a drain on city resources when for all we know, we've only been able to go back a, co- a few years to to say definitively that those uh, those over uh, expenditures or those pardon me those those um, pardon me those uh, extra monies have gone back into transit. Is it time to really look very closely at the way transit creates their budget? Yeah, I mean, I, I know that on that point, uh, Councillor Gillingham is, uh, has requested a, a full report on, you know, the full accounting of the transit budget over the last number of years. So that report will be forthcoming. And uh, uh, in terms of the surplus, I mean, it's, uh, it's, tough. It's, it's tough to predict because there's so many variables. Uh, transit is very fair dependent in, in Winnipeg. I think it's second only to Toronto in terms of uh, the budget that fares uh, the total budget of fares to to maintain operations, and uh, you know there's it, it's hard to predict. If you look at buses today, uh, with COVID happening, uh, you can see that you know anecdotally, um, I can see that um, that attendance is down, and so that's going to have an impact on transit. You basically you can't budget for monies that you don't have, and uh, and transit uh, you know in a surplus position, it's going to happen because if you if you're in the reverse position. You don't have cash in the bank. Um, you're not going to be grounding buses, so you but do need to have Matt, a bit of a float to maintain operations. Matt, we're talking about 180 million dollars over the last decade. This isn't a couple of million bucks every oh, year. Yeah, I don't buy that this, number. I don't buy that number. But anyway, you don't buy that number. Out. Why not? Why not? Well, it's just it's just uh, it's just way too high. I, I I don't buy it. I don't have the report. I agree yet, with but, you. Yeah. No, right. Well, I just, I don't buy it. So the report will come out. I don't have it yet. And when it does, I'll be happy to talk to you about it. All right. Appreciate that. St. Boniface yeah. Councillor Matt Allard joining us live on 680 CG. We've Matt, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about this. We very much appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Mackling is at home and so is Loren. Loren, what, did you upgrade the outfit today? Did you put on the, uh, the uh, gown of some sort? What do you think? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say you're wearing slippers, maybe some fuzzy slippers. Uh, maybe I have some... my Batman pajama pants on again. Yes, Batman! A... Yeah, I got a blue bomber hoodie. I have socks on. I do have all the necessary accoutrements, if you know where I'm going, in the sense of I am fully dressed. Okay. Oh, well, you're, holding, you're holding it all together, are you, Loren? <laughs> I am holding it all together, folks. <laughs> Okay. The support system is intact. That's good to hear. Uh, so what's the saying, Loren? If you build it, they will come. How about you only get a, uh, get one chance to make a first impression? Have you heard that one? That's pretty good. That works for this segment. I've had my computer fry, fro- freeze, so you guys just take this away. Hooray, technology! Hooray for working at home. By the way, just as a sidebar, if you are working from home and you are experiencing, if you've had any hiccups with your technology trying to connect to your work server or whatever, let us know. 204-780-6868. Mackling, take it away. Well, sometimes when you meet somebody, there's an instant connection. Something about them so engaging and welcoming you feel an immediate connection i think we've all been there i think it's all 
it's happened to all of us at some point. It isn't always obvious as to what it is that draws you to that person. But Brett, I have to ask you, do you remember the first time that we met our next guest? Well, of course I do. How could I forget? We were, uh, we all three of us got to co-host the Winnipeg Nightlife and Lifestyle Awards last year at the Met. And we had the privilege, the pleasure of getting suited up in a fancy tuxedo over at Aldo Formal Wear. And uh, the gentleman we're about to introduce you to uh, showed us wonderful hospitality, made us feel like kings, dressed us like kings. I don't think I've ever looked so sharp. I felt like James Bond. I looked like a spy and uh man it was cool so why don't we bring him on ken lozano he's a local designer and owner of aldo former wear and uh he has some unique philosophies on staying positive ken good morning good morning friends how are you we are hanging in there we're having some ups and downs like a lot of folks right now but we thought you'd be the ideal person to to be our final guest of of the work week and to to try and bring some level levity and some positive reinforcement into how we could be going about things these days so um we're challenging you to be up to the task yeah for sure for sure well first of all thanks for having me man it's well appreciated i'm very grateful uh, once you ask me to be on the show, there's no way I'm going to say no to you guys. And Brett, you are James Bond, so keep that in mind. That's your <laughs> that's your true identity. So, you know, you you do save people. So that's 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 a blessing, man. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, man. But otherwise, like you know, um, uh, with what what with what's going on in the world uh, as a nation, we got to work as a team, right? So uh, this is a good good chance for us to be. Uh, Good, good, good team players together and 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 beat this beat this whole situation. Um, but I advise people just stay positive, be nice, be kind to people, and um, just live live your normal. No, be be loving to people around you. That's the main thing. Now, Ken, you are an individual with such a unique style. Uh, you have to be, I think, a different type of person, certainly, to, to pull <laughs> that off. Um, but what you know, what makes you, in your opinion, so unique uh, and special? Well, honestly, uh, starting from a start, starting from a young age, uh, I was always uh, dressed uniquely. Uh, my dad, being my dad as, as a tailor, he'd always make me custom clothes, right? So um, I was always used to always always dressed up, right? So it, it became part of my lifestyle growing up, and yeah, and I, I just I just became me throughout throughout the whole process. We've been joking this morning, Ken. I don't know if you just yeah. heard it before we brought you on about what I'm wearing while I work from home yeah. and I've got my pajamas yeah. on. And I, yeah. I, it's bizarre for me because I'm actually the first person to say that I like to kind of get at least look professional when I'm going into work because it helps with yeah. your attitude. And I'm, I'm yeah. starting to think as we, as we work our way through this working from home thing, and some of us are fortunate to be able to do yeah. that, that I might have to get up in the morning and maybe just freshen up because it really does yeah, set totally. the tone. Like clothes do make a yeah. difference in attitude. Actually, right now I'm 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 dressed like I'm going to work, but I'm actually at home right now. Um, I'm I'm just trying to you know kind of lift my own spirits up too. Um, so it, it does help uh, a, a big amount. So I suggest for uh, people out in the public to do the same thing too. Ken, you and I had a long conversation the last time we were in a room together 
just yeah. about being genuine and connecting with people yeah. on a on a different level. And by the way, yeah. thank you for the uh, incredible tuxedo for the uh, final oh, round of commercials for the for the St. Yeah. Barnabas Hospital Foundation Lottery. I got a ton of feedback on that. <laughs> people suggesting I should dress like that more often. But that whole idea of connecting in a genuine fashion and then being open to it. Not all of us are are open to connecting yeah. on on another plane on. Another another level how do we open ourselves up to that well i don't know man like for me i, I take it as as a like you want to elevate people around you right you know what i mean so if people like sense greatness within yourself uh they want to be in they, they want to be inspired by that you know you want to inspire people like that you want to inspire people to be good and uh it all starts from there man um you know obviously people have different lifestyles and stuff but uh they they People have to remember that they, at the end of the day, it's always nice to inspire people for the good, right? So elevate, inspire, and just just be you and yourself. Ken, I understand that uh, yeah. once upon a time, and I believe uh, your quote is, everybody judged me, everyone made fun yeah. of me. Who, yeah. was, uh, who was making fun of you, and, and why were they doing that? Uh, you know, at, 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 in, in fashion and um, the things that you wear... Um, you know, in, in this world and from this day still, uh, there's still stereotyping, right? So I got stereotyped a lot for, for the clothes that I wore. But you know what? That, at the end of the day, I didn't really care because, you know what? I was really being myself, right? So uh, for for the people that have struggles like that, you know, just my advice to you is just keep going and, and keep doing you, man. And don't let nothing stop you. And that's that's exactly what I did. With that, Ken, I think that um, there's always ups and downs when you have that kind of attitude that you have to persevere through that. You always think that the low point that you're at, you hope it won't ever get back to that low point. And I think for so many of us right now, we're sort of in this surreal yeah. moment of trying to figure out, hopefully this is the worst I will ever go through, or hopefully this is, you know, there's it's got to get go up from here. And that bounce back is easier said than done. So do you have a strategy when you wake up in the morning? You're such an inspirational, kind, smart yeah. person. Do you, pop, do you pop out of your bed and, not to quote Jerry Maguire, but clap your hands and start the day? Like, <laughs> give give well, us some to tips be, to living better. To, to, to be honest with you, uh, when, when I get up, the first thing I do, I, I do some mobility exercises. Uh, that kind of, like, keeps my my mind mentally um, and honestly I've been doing them for the last five months only and it made such a big difference in my life uh, first of all it made it makes your body like feel like you're 10 years younger and it just kind of connects with you spiritually because uh, when I do these exercises in the morning it's like my way of uh, meditation you know so I am um, it, it, it's very good and to tell you the truth, I'm pretty active. I play a lot of sports still. Uh, for my age, my body needs it. I'm 40 years old. So these exercises that I do in the morning is a great start. Ken, when we talk about giving and that value of giving, uh, yeah. it doesn't have to be money, doesn't have to be time. It's oh, just no. sometimes of a smile. Of uh, yeah. you're always You always have a compliment. You always have something kind to say. Yeah. Uh, talk about how that comes back to you because – it really is that whole idea of getting it back tenfold, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally, man. Like, I mean, like, that gets back to you in, in many ways, you know. Um, for instance, like, like, you could just call someone and say hello or say what's up, right? And people would appreciate that. 
because uh, you might not know that person that you're contacting might be going through horrible times. But when you call them and and when they hear your voice, you know, it kind of lifts up their spirits, right? So um, that, that's the way I see it. And it's always nice to be kind to people so it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. Sometimes, though, can life can beat down even the most optimistic of us. Uh, I would imagine there are times where maybe you kind of feel life getting taking a, getting a hold on you, so to speak. What do you oh, do yeah. to, to push back? What do you do to, to, to keep your chin up when yeah. you feel down? Well, as a business owner, you go through a lot of ups and downs. Uh, like, believe me, I've been through all that. Uh, the one thing that I relate to is like, I, I turn into I turn to my loved ones, right? Like my family, my girlfriend, um, just just people that are always been there for you. Uh, you got to keep in mind you people have those sources, right? Uh, you're not in it um, alone, right? So when you when you turn to someone that has a different point of view, um, they could totally lift your spirits up. So uh, no matter how how bad the struggle is, no matter how, how bad you feel. Uh, there's always a way to work things out, right? So, um, turn turn to loved ones, man, and family is a, a a big a big big part of your life. All right, Ken Lozano, local designer, owner of Aldo Formal Wear, joining us live on six eighty CJOB. Ken, thank you so much for taking the time oh, to speak welcome. to us today, man. It was good good to, good yeah. to hear from you, and I, I'm going to come see you again eventually because I am set to co-host <laughs> yeah. the Nightlife and Lifestyle Awards again. Uh, I got you, brother. Okay. Okay, thanks. Thanks for having me. See you guys. Have a good one. Okay. Thanks, thanks. Ken. Ah, big smile on my face right now after listening to that. Greg, thanks for setting that up. We needed uh, some Ken Lozano in our lives this morning. Mm. No question We should arrange it. a way to uh, FaceTime or something with him. Bring him into our homes, you know, like a, like a talk. Like a, you can hit a button, and when you're feeling low, he just pops up and says, come on now. You got this. <laughs> what, like you a staples button? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be dynamite and i'm sure yeah. he would be absolutely up to the task hey thanks for listening to the start podcast we are available on apple podcast google podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts subscribe now and never miss an episode and if you like what you hear rate the show tell us what you think and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.